0: Good evening. Welcome to Thursday evening chapel. Thursday chapels happen about twice a year. Glad you're here. As for me in my house, it's great to see you all here. Uh, There are faces, um, some folks that I don't know, so so you'll have to introduce yourself again. Uh, It is our privilege this week to have with us Reverend Mark Fuller, Uh, He is the pastor of Grove City Church of the Nazarene in Grove City, Ohio. He's here because um, we have invited him to be the uh, T.W. Willingham Preacher of the Year. Um, We don't have time to unpack all of who Willingham was, uh, just enough to say that he was an early contributor to the heart and soul of the Church of the Nazarene in a variety of ways. And... uh, President Graves wanted uh, Reverend Fuller uh, to uh, fill that uh, honor this year, and so he has ministered to us all week. Uh, you, have a bu- you have the bulletin in your hand, I hope, and there's some more information about him there, and including the topic for this evening. Uh, his wife Sue is with him, and it will be the last time that we get to thank them for coming. So, would you, Reverend thank- you. To sing a song in a second. Before we do, I've been asked to make an announcement. It is Margaret's birthday. Happy birthday to Margaret! You can you can blame your husband for that. Yeah, okay.
1: Oh my, that's right. Give it up for the Lord Jesus. Hey hey, you can do better than that for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's in this place tonight. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. King of kings, Lord of lords. Alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. Show us your glory, Lord. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, I pray. We bless the name of the Lord. We bless his name tonight. Hey, that's why we came. You didn't come to hear me. You came to hear the King of kings and Lord of lords. If he'll let me, I'll be his messenger boy. But, you know, the main thing is you hear from him. And he's here tonight. Amen. amen. I feel right at home here. You all help me like they do back at Grove City, and I'll preach better for you, too. If you agree with something, give me a, I'm with you. Or a, keep going. Got my amen section down here. Okay, y'all? All right. I think our president's part of our amen section over here. All right, that's great. President Graves, I want to thank you for this invitation. What a joy it's been to be with you and Cheryl and your, your dad and mom and other family members. Thank you for inviting us and in allowing Sue to come too. It's a special privilege to do that. To be with the Steltings today and uh, see some old friends. And Thank you, Alan, for your gracious uh, setting the stage and the platform for the ministry of God's Word. I just appreciate your spirit and your chaplaincy leadership here and to get to know some of you students and renew friendships with some of the faculty. As I mentioned Ron Attick the other night, we've known him back in mid-America days longer ago than I would care to admit at this point. (laughs) Uh, But we're really thrilled to be here. Uh, As Alan mentioned, uh, some of you are here for the first time this week so let me just give a little bit of introduction. I'm a Nazarene PK. You know what that is? That's right. And I married a Nazarene PK. All right, how about that? You can't get more Nazarene than that. But the churches I've I've pastored, we've been in the minority. It's been mostly folks outside the Nazarene church. It's been exciting, wonderful. I've pastored three churches. I was on staff at Olathe College Church in associate capacity for five years while I was going to seminary, a little bit after that. And cut my teeth in ministry there. And it was a wonderful experience. Anytime you have an opportunity to be around a great dynamic church, uh, make whatever sacrifices to do that it, you will reap benefits you 'll catch what you need to lead and uh, I am so grateful to God that He gave me that opportunity. Then I struck out of my own as a senior pastor in Arlington, Texas, for four and a half years and Phoenix for eighteen years that 's where we raised our family and, and crossroads and then uh, been at Grove City for a year and a half now so i 've pastored churches from from sixty all the way up to three thousand now. Okay, so I've, I don't share that with you. Just, to, just basically to say, I've you know seen a lot of different stages of church development and church growth, and one thing in common in every stage, the pastor faces opposition. But another, another consistency is, God sufficient. God's God sufficient. He's greater than the opposition. I remember a young man came and spoke at our church. He said, Don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big your God is. That's the perspective we need to have. But opposition. You know, it it's surprises that, that there, be, there would be opposition. And you don't hear a lot of messages about how to deal with the problems, the opposition. But I want to do that for the next few minutes tonight because Satan hates what you're getting ready to do and some of, you, some of you are already doing. He hates it. It ticks him off that you've responded to God's call, that you're, you're, you're obeying God. It just He hates that and so he will do anything in his power to try to derail you, discourage you, or distract you. And uh, he uses sometimes the people closest to you to do that. You've been looking at leadership lessons from Pastor Moses so I want you to open up to Numbers uh, chapter 12, tonight, we're looking at three different chapters, three different sources of opposition Pastor Moses encountered and how he overcame those. And as you're turning, let me kind of tell you how some people deal with opposition in church. The is told about this uh, fellow who was, got stranded on, a, on an island and, uh, for just an extended period of time. And uh, he eked out a living, managed to, but finally they, they found it. And they sent out a boat and, and uh, picked him up and uh, when they got to shore they just greeted each other. They were so excited to see this man and he had been cast away for so long. And they noticed he would built three uh, huts on the beach there. He said, well, you know, you, you found a, how to survive. it. What, tell us what these three huts are for. They said, well, that's, that's, this is, I live in that hut. He says, oh, really? Well, that, that, that makes sense. You need to have some protection, you know, some, some uh, roof over your head. But what's the second? He says, well, that's where I go to church well that's great you've kept your faith strong in God and religion that's great what's his third house? well that's where I used to go to church (laughs) one of my pastor friends in uh, Tempe Arizona when I got there he'd he'd been there for about 15 years and uh, he he was there over 30 years before he retired and I, I when I got to Arizona I was just I was you know anytime somebody can can stay at the same church that long I want to learn from them you know I said I said called him by name I said what's what's been your secret he kinda has a little dry sense of humor he says well Mark you know I I just learned a long time ago that uh, you know it's uh, it's a lot you know I could move every three or five years but you know it's easier for the people to move every three or five years and I'll just stay put (laughs) a lot easier on my family opposition How do we deal with opposition? Well, it comes from a variety of sources. First of all, we find in Moses it came from his family. How about that? Some of you are here. You've had some opposition to this move to Colorado Springs, haven't you? Some of your extended family are going, what in the world are you doing? Why would you do that? Now, some have been supportive, but some have thought you had made the biggest blunder of your life. It happens from family. It happened that way to Moses. Look at Numbers chapter 12. Uh, Moses and, uh, and, and Miriam, uh, excuse me, Aaron and Miriam criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, "He has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? Opposition from family. Well, you know, it's interesting that that it was not was not his wife; it was his brother and his sister. By the way, let me just say, if you've got opposition from your spouse, you got problems. That's not a good thing. You got if you're married in ministry, you guys got to be on the same page. God will ne- God will never lead you where He's not leading you together. And uh, you know, when when God led us to Grove City, we'd been at. Uh, crossroads for eighteen years. Now you don't, you don't live somewhere eighteen years without putting down some roots. And, and uh, God began to stir this in my heart. I wasn't unhappy where I was. It, things were going great but it just God was doing a new thing. And I I said well Lord you know uh, you're my first love and Sue's my second love and my kids and the church is a distant third. So I respectfully submit if you're moving us to Ohio you got a lot of work to do on number two. <laughs> but I saw, and I just stepped back away from it, and I saw God do a miracle in her life, turn her 180 degrees because she's got to be with me, y'all. We've got to be together on this thing. Now, brother, sister, parents maybe, you may not have that same support. Moses didn't have that either. Look how he responds to this though. In fact, write it in. First, first at the top, I think I missed this slide. Secure leaders are humble leaders. That's probably, is that on there yet? Yeah. That's the first one. Write that in before we get to in Numbers 12. Get ahead of myself here. That's the greatest, single, most important character trait of thriving through opposition right there. That's the, probably the most important thing I want to say right now. Secure leaders are humble leaders. Now, if you, if you want to go, you're free to go. But we'll unpack this a little bit if you want to see what, how Moses lived this out. In fact, it says in uh, verse, uh, yeah, verse 3 of chapter 12, you see that? Now, Moses was more humble than any other person on earth. I thought about that. Now, in the NIV, if you have an NIV version, it's in parentheses. I think the editors put that in parentheses because if, if Moses is the author of uh, the Pentateuch, which we believe he is, that kind of takes a little bit of your humility away, to say, and Moses, I am the most humble person on the face of the earth. Humility is one of my best qualities. Uh, It kind of takes a little edge off of it, you know. But Moses was, and we'll see how that humility comes through time and time again. A secure pastor is able to depersonalize the criticism and assess the real problem in a non-defensive way. Let's see how that happened in Moses. Now, the the attack came from, the opposition came from Miriam and Aaron, right? His brother and sister. They, They were prejudiced about this Cushite woman that he had married but they projected that prejudice on Moses leadership. Did you get that? You see the next phrase? He has, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not also spoken through us? A lot of times that tells me that people maybe, maybe uh, get angry at you as a pastor in leadership. Not because of you particularly, but because they have a problem in their past with a, another th- authority figure and they just project that on you. You may not be the source of it, but you're catching that because that's where the opposition is coming from. A secure leader is able to depersonalize that attack. Not see that person as as, as attacking them, but see them in the larger picture and and respond and assess the real problem in a non-defensive way. Uh, She projects her prejudice for Moses' wife on his leadership. So you know I think I learned something as a, as a young pastor about this and it, it really has helped me and I may just share this with you when somebody comes and, and I'm, I'm facing some opposition the natural reaction is to see that person as a raging animal who's out to try to you know attack me and, and undermine my leadership I choose to adopt a little, a little different picture I say Holy Spirit help me to see this person not as a raging animal out to destroy me and destroy this church but as a wounded sheep who desperately needs a shepherd. But they're projecting some some anger based upon a deep need in their own life. Help me not to react to that in the flesh, but to look beyond that and see the need and be to them what they need and, and embrace them and love them. If you can learn to do that, oh, you'll be a long ways down the road in growing through opposition. Secondly, God responds, I mean, this is a direct attack against Moses' authority. Boy, I mean, the Lord heard them. Look at that verse 9. The Lord was furious with them, that is Aaron and Miriam, and he departed, and as a cloud moved from the tabernacle, Miriam suddenly became white as snow with leprosy. And when Aaron saw what had happened, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my Lord, don't, please don't punish us for the sin we've so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby, already de- decayed at birth. You see, a a secure pastor is able to discern the nature of criticism and respond in a constructive way. Early on in ministry, I I used to see everybody's opposition as a carnal manifestation. They just need to get sanctified. (laughs) They're not sanctified. And sometimes that may be the case. But a lot of times people are reacting out of a wounded psyche or their own insecurities. They love the Lord. They, their hearts are as good as gold, but, but they're, they're, they're reacting out of their human weakness. And it takes a secure leader to be able to discern the difference. Let me tell you, if you're dealing with somebody that's reacting out of their own security, you use kid gloves with them. Don't you, don't you hammer that person. You love them. You encourage them. If it is rebellion, God will deal with it straight up okay he'll show you wisdom how to do that and that's what he did in Moses case a secure leader can discern between the difference of opinion or a wounded psyche or an insecure person on the one hand or a cancerous rebellion on the other hand that must be dealt with swiftly and firmly and in verse 13 we read so if Moses cried out to the Lord heal her O God I beg you now this is this is interesting to me that Moses even in the midst of this attack this shows you his humility He is praying, he's interceding in behalf of his sister and his brother who have tried to undermine his leadership. A secure pastor is able to continue to love the rebel, write it in, even while dealing firmly with the rebellion. Sometimes your opposition will come from those closest to you, even your very own family. Sometimes it comes from the people. Turn over a couple chapters. Numbers 14, you know the story, I'll set the context. Report the 12 spies, they go out in the promised land, they come back 10 said no two said go you know the two that said go don't you say it out loud that's right and and so the root of the opposition is clearly stated in verse 9 it was rebellion and fear you see that in chapter 14 verse 9 rebellion against God and fear the focus was on the Giants rather than the God that they served. As I said earlier, don't, don't tell God how big your giants are. Tell your giants how big your God is. And so the, the people just, they, they get sucked into this fear and this rebellion. And Moses responds to the people's opposition. Verse 5, he fell face down. Look at Imagine that. Falls face down in front of the whole assembly. He is overwhelmed with, the shame, with shame and sorrow over the people's lack of faith. He's not grandstanding here. This, man, this leader is simply being transparent. He is so broken hearted that the people that he led out of Egypt, he led through the Red Sea and, and all the way across the wilderness, now they're on the cusp of inheriting the promise and they just, they just fall back in, in, in fear and rebellion. He's broken hearted. Write this in. A secure pastor is not afraid to be transparent and vulnerable before his people or her people. Leaders are often reluctant to show emotion in the pulpit. Don't be afraid to do that. I am a very emotional person. I, I wear my emotions on my shirt sleeve. And I used to really have some discussions with God about that. God, if, okay, if you're going to call me to preach, you got I can't be a blubbering mess up there when I'm preaching, you know? And the Lord dealt with me on that. He said, Mark, I made you the way you are. If you're not going to be authentic, it won't work, Mark. You've got to be you. Now, don't manufacture those tears. Don't try to manipulate them. But if I'm moving on your heart, Mark, you let that flow. I'm going to use that. That won't hurt your leadership, Mark. That will enhance your leadership. Because people will say, there's a person up there that feels, that understands, that identifies, that, that cares. So that leaders, don't be afraid to be transparent before your people. Even in the midst of that kind of opposition. A secure pastor is uh, <coughs> there's a number of things we see from, from, uh, from Moses here. He, he deals with this opposition first on his knees. Write that in. He, doesn't, he He gets off of his face and he goes to prayer. Now that's a good advice. God, I need your help. The essential foundation of, of any successful ministry is prayer. You know, Peter Wagner says the number one uh, underutilized resource in the church of America today. You know what it is? Intercessory prayer for church leaders. And we're getting picked off by the enemy's traps, because there's not the covering of prayer. Everywhere I've pastored, one of the first things I do, I try to identify who the intercessors are. Sometimes people will bring intercessors, Flat, bring them into the church. I had one lady, she came when we started pastoring Crossroads and she came and I started talking with her and she said, you know, uh, Pastor, uh, God told me to come to this church. I don't even like this church, but God told me to come to this church and He told me to come and pray for you. I felt like saying, honey, keep on looking, which you, if you're going to come with that attitude. But I would have, I would have, uh, I would have, uh, uh, I would have, what am I looking, for? what am I trying to say? I would have missed out on one of the most precious gifts from God. She became the most valuable intercessor, prayed for hours on end for me. God will raise those up. Peter Wagner says about 5% of any congregation. Have the gift of intercession. You need to mobilize that team. We we started the year at Grow City. Uh, Sunday night's prayer. Our prayer pastor just, our prayer leader just felt compelled. First night we have had anywhere from 150 on the low end to over 300 on the top end. Just in a prayer meeting on Sunday night, just interceding. Five percent to ten percent of your every congregation, every group, have the heart for prayer. Mobilize those people. Get on your knees with them. <coughs> Seek God together. Prayer must be the foundation. And notice how how humble Moses is in his prayer. Verse 16. I see in that verse that that a secure pastor is jealous for God's reputation, not his or her own. You see that? He's concerned about God's reputation. God, this is your name's at stake here. We, We exalted the name of the Lord tonight. Is his name more important than your name? Is his name more important than this church's name, or this school's name, right? We're, we're honoring the reputation of our God. That's what Moses said. That's the most important thing, God. He calls upon God's strength, not his own. you see that in verse 17? He humbly pleads for God's mercy for the people, not for himself in verse 19. These are, these are qualities of a humble leader seeking God. And then he, he comes through that time of prayer and he brings a stern word to the people. He says, all of you adults here, hearing my voice, you're not going to see the promise of God. Because of your stiff necked rebellion, you'll miss the promise. But uh, but because of his intercession, because of the faithfulness of God, that next generation will get to go in to the promised land. Opposition from family, opposition from from the people, Just sharing with you some principles from Pastor Moses here and finally opposition from leaders, yes those closest to you in ministry you can receive opposition from them. The opposition that Moses experiences in chapter 16, turn over a couple chapters I have in my Bible the title of this chapter, Korah's Rebellion you've read that passage, you all know that, I'm not going to take time to read it here tonight but let me just tell you that Korah was a member of the tribe of Levi he was a Levite. he was one of the priests just like Moses and Aaron came right from within the ranks of their closest the staff okay and it's interesting to me as I did some research you know Korah's Korah was the great great grandson of Israel Jacob isn't that interesting? In our vernacular he was a third generation Nazarene preacher. I'll, I won't try to unpack that one now, I'll just leave that one out there. But I'll tell you it just breaks my heart when I see from within the ranks insecure of oh, just carnal men of God. What an oxymoron that is. No, they, just, they just are cantankerous, they're unsupportive. I've had, I've had retired DS's on my staff. I've had retired pastors on my staff. And I'll tell you, if they're, if they're sanctified <laughs> and filled with the Holy Spirit and secure men, they are the best asset you'll ever have. If they're small men, if they're not big men or women, they'll be your biggest critics. God will need to give you discernment on that. Moses faced this incredible opposition from Korah. Now Jude, if you read the book of Jude, gives us the root cause. It was Korah's rebellion. Now I want to talk just a moment about rebellion and I want to end up with a personal application how this all worked its way out in in ministry for me. And then we'll go. But write this in. There's one more. A secure leader understands and operates under God's principle of delegated authority delegated authority. There's a, there's a quote underneath there from, from Watchman Nee. No one is fit to be in authority until he has first learned to be what? Under authority. That is such strong truth right there. Men and women if, if you learn nothing while you're here at NBC, understand that God's kingdom is not a democracy, it's a theocracy. Okay? The church is based upon delegated leaders that he puts in position. And you'll never serve in a position of leadership until you learn to serve under authority. That's that's some of the most important lessons you'll learn. More important maybe than any, any single fact or Bible knowledge or theology is to learn to work under authority. You know we, we, we live in a rebellious nation. We don't understand that. We, we, we celebrate our independence. How about that for a nation, huh? We don't understand what it means to, to be under authority. We don't like that. And we serve a rebellious people. They don't get along. You know, most church splits I've learned over the years do not happen because of theolo- theological differences, they don't happen because of worship style differences. You know what they have? They happen because of rebellion. Some people did not want to submit to the authority of that pastor or that pastor did not want to submit to the authority of that district superintendent it's authority ninety nine point nine percent of the time we gotta learn this y'all I mean families are set up that way families are not a democracy we had three girls Sue and I did if we vote on everything when the girls are growing up Sue and I get outvoted all the time (laughs) three to two church doesn't work that way either yes we vote on a few things but we understand the church they're God's appointed men and women who are in leadership. And we respect that. And if I have, I have I'm under authority. I'm glad I'm under authority. It's my covering. And let me tell you something. If I disagree with my district superintendent, that does not give me cause to rebel. Even if I've got good reason to think I've got a better idea than he has. That doesn't that matter beans because once I start chafing under his authority you know what happens not only do I take myself out from under God's God's covering I take my wife I take my family I take that entire church hear me out from under God's authority a secure leader understands God's kingdom works under authority The more you learn better you learn to be under authority the better equipped you're gonna be to serve as a servant humble leader in authority. Agree with that? Say amen. 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 And one more blank to fill in. A secure leader doesn't need to defend himself. I love that about Moses. All the way through in Moses life you don't see him defending himself. He goes to God. Say, God you're my defender. I, I learned that lesson in a profound way and I want to close with this before we go. I've been pastoring at Crossroads for uh, 13 years. Well, I was there 18 years and you know, if you've placed 13 years, you think you've worked through all the opposition you can have, you know. You're the old guard now, okay. <laughs> but it didn't work that way. And out of the blue, I mean, Satan launched a scud missile attack that was sent to destroy me, to take me out, and to divide the church. And it happened right on the cusp of us relocating to a brand new location. Which, what would have, should have been the, the, just a joy there was a major scandal that broke out in the church relating to one of our staff and uh, man it, just, it was just horrible well through that, this is the point I want to make, I don't want to get into all the details on that but the point is some of the uh, discontent and, and uh, opposition that was maybe directed at other people came right to me, I'm the point man I'm the point person, the pastor always is Pastor, you're, you're the point of the spear. That's it. And uh, it really stung me. I mean, I, I got it from people I thought I could trust. Isn't that when it hurts the most you get stabbed in the back by people you really thought you knew? <coughs> Closest to you? You thought you could trust? And I remember, I remember praying, Lord, this isn't right. And they were saying things about me that just were flat-out lies. And about the ministry that were just absolutely wrong. And everything within me says, I need to get up there and set the record straight. And I remember the Lord kind of talking to me. Maybe He talks to you like He does me. I, you know, I, He kind of knocks me upside the head every once in a while. He says, Mark, hey, I want to tell you something. You have, I understand the hurt, and He does understand way, Aren't you glad we have a God who has compassion? Jesus knows what it's like to have those closest to Him abandon Him in His time of need. He knows the kiss of Judas, y'all. He knows about that. He understands. He said, Mark, I understand. understand where you are. You have every right to go and defend yourself, Mark, because this is wrong. These are lies. Then he said something to stop me in my tracks. He said, but Mark, if you do that, you're on your own. Whoa. Don't think I want to go there. But he said, if you let me be your defender, you watch. I'll turn the tables on the old devil. I'll take that stick. He's trying to destroy you, and I'll beat him over the head with it. You let me be your defense i would tell you, that was wise counsel from the Spirit of God. And I'm so grateful to God that He gave me the grace and insight to do that. And I watched as all this was flying around me. <laughs> I saw God take that rebellious element right out of the church. And you know what happened? Crossroads best days the best years of my entire ministry there happened after that rebellion was dealt with and God did it right. And it only unified the church all the more. See men and women if we'll stay humble, stay humble it's not my ministry, it's not my agenda, it's not my career it's His church, it's His kingdom. And the opposition that comes my way, it, it, it's not—it's not. It's not to, you know, some of the muds gets intended for Jesus is going to get on me sometime. It's just the way it goes. But He's my defender. Hey, I'm so glad I got a great defender. Jehovah Nisi, my banner, my banner of victory. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It's not because He's on my side. It's because I'm on the Lord's side. Amen. Amen. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about what the Holy Spirit's saying to you right now before we go. I want Alan to just start playing something softly, if you would. Oh, the Lord's been here tonight. Hasn't He been here? God, You're so faithful. Oh, we bless Your name, Lord. We're so humble that you would choose us and call us. Lord, there's there's nothing like the church when it works right. We want to be the kind of leaders that Moses was. Humble leaders. Secure leaders. Dying out to ourselves so that you can shine through us. I know there's some of my brothers and sisters here, Lord, that maybe they've, they've gone through that time of hurting. Maybe your, your trust has been betrayed. Maybe you face some incredible opposition at home and f- among family members, and everything within you wants to respond. I, I got to set the record straight. I got to I got to got to tell them the truth. The Lord is whispering to you. Let me be your defender. Trust me. Watch me work. Give me room to work there. You say, Pastor Mark, I, I want to be that kind of leader. I want to be that kind of leader. Pray for me. Pray for me. God will remove that, if there's any flesh in my heart that's fighting against that or insecurities that are keeping that from happening, I, I want to be that kind of, just so lost and abandoned to God. He can do whatever He wants in my life. If that's where you are, just, just, i ask you just to stand right where you are and remain standing. If you say, pray for me that way. Pray for me that way. Don't stand because others stand, but just, if, if you want me to pray for you that way, you want God to do that kind of work in your life, maybe you're going through that tough time. Oh, it's... This is a wonderful response. here. you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Those of you that are seated, we had about as many standing as we have seated. I, so I mean, everybody participate. Because we are the body of Christ. Everyone look at me now. Everyone look at me. We need each other in this, right? Shepherds need to pull together. and We need God to help us. So if, if, you're, if you're seated, I just want you just to stand and put a hand on a shoulder next to you there, OK? Just make contact with the person next to you. Let's pray for each other. I'm just gonna lead in a closing prayer. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray God's blessing over you guys. God loves you so much. He believes in you. He has called you to himself. Greater works than Jesus Christ has done, you will do, that's what he said. He only had two hands. He's got, he's got over a hundred hands here. He only had two feet. He's got dozens of feet here. Same spirit dwelling in him dwells in you and me. Pray for your brother, sister. Pray for them. Lift them up right now. Holy Spirit, we just ask you, God, what you could do in one moment. could be more than we could have in hours of counseling. Oh, we, we thank God for counselors. But you are the wonderful counselor, Holy Spirit. Do a work in our hearts. Get us freed up from from all the stuff that would drag us down. We can be your servants. Your humble servants to do your bidding. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices. Change our heart, God. Make it ever new. Cleanse us, Lord. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Renew that call in our hearts and lives so that when the opposition comes, we we won't react, but we'll respond as you would have us. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. The one true God, power, blessing, Forever and ever. Both now and forevermore. Be blessed. Freely you have received. Now freely give. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. Great to have you here. Have a great class time. You're dismissed.